Rosie on the house is on the road at the 39th annual Folk Music Festival. Live from Prescott, here's Jennifer Romero. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to Rosie on the House. Like the intro gave, gave you, I am Jennifer Romero, and we're at the Charlotte Hall Museum in Prescott. I want to start by saying welcome to all of our new listeners at KGVY in Green Valley. We're so happy to have you. 7 o'clock is our Arizona Magazine Hour. We travel Arizona. We talk about um, everything Arizona, places to go, people to know, and we just have a blast getting to know some really special people. So welcome to KGVY. Now, usually when you hear the 7 a.m. hour, it's Romy and Rosie and I together in the studio, and Rosie might even sing for you a little bit. But today you just get me, uh, but don't get scared, because 7 and 8 o'clock we are going to be broadcasting from Prescott, and that 9 and 10 o'clock hour will actually be from the Saba Tucson, a Saba show in Tucson, which is the um, home show at the Tucson Convention Center, and the guys will be down there to meet you and greet you and uh, and just tell you about what we do and say hello to all of our Tucson and Southern Arizona uh, homeowners. So here we are. I'm sitting here looking at these beautiful grounds at the Charlotte Hall Museum in Prescott. And I have some, a room full of really special guests with me today because we wanted to introduce you to this very special place. If you haven't been to Prescott, it's only an hour and a half north of Phoenix. It's a beautiful little historic town with a great courtyard. Um, great places to eat, wonderful shopping. I always come up and do my Christmas shopping because really every, um, the Christmas, they have a Christmas tree lighting the first Saturday of December and we always broadcast on that Saturday from Prescott because we love this place. And they, um, so that, that's traditionally been our connection, but when I saw that they had this um, folk festival coming up, I wanted to be here for that. And then we found out that there was a conflict. So the guys went south and I went north. I want to introduce you this morning to Mr. Fred Vale, Executive Director of the Charlotte Hall Museum. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Jennifer. Welcome to Prescott and especially to the Charlotte Hall Museum. This is a very special place. It is certainly that. Uh, we've been here for almost 90 years now, having been founded by a very special person named Charlotte Maybreth Hall, who... Uh, Years ago, or years before the, she opened the museum in 1928, she foresaw the need to uh, collect our history, our prehistory, from, with artifacts from uh, Native Americans and pioneers and so forth. And, and when the opportunity was presented to her in 1928, she opened uh, a museum using those artifacts in what was, was then known as the old gubernatorial mansion which, of course, today is the centerpiece of our, our four-acre museum. She was visionary, She right? was uh, She was a woman well ahead of her time. <laughs> uh, as I said, a very remarkable woman. She couldn't uh, have known what was coming and how precious this information would be and these artifacts. Well, I think she had a vision of, of it expanding. Uh, during her tenure, she did, the museum did uh, expand uh, uh, modestly, um, but I don't... You know, I think she would be very pleased today with uh, a four-acre campus with 11, exib 11 exhibit buildings, uh, uh, five of which are uh, historic structures. Now, this museum actually holds a very special place. It's a very elite museum. You want to explain why? 
Well, uh, two things. One, I, I, I think it's fair to say that we're the only museum in all of Arizona that presents the complete history of, uh, of our territory and our state um, from its uh, prehistoric roots uh, through the establishment uh, of the Arizona Territory, the founding of Prescott as its territorial capital, and, uh, and on up into the 20th century. Uh, also, uh, when you say elite status, uh, we are one of the very few museums throughout the country that have been accredited by the uh, uh, American Alliance of Museums, which is a national organization that does that. Uh, of the, and I don't remember how many museums around the country, there are, there are thousands of them, but uh, less than 4% uh, of them have received that status. And uh, we first achieved it in the 1990s, and we reaccredited in, I think, 2003. And, and frankly, we're going through that process again this year. So you, you really have to earn it. We and earn keep it. 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 It is not a easily obtained uh, recognition. Well, congratulations. I can tell you, our homeowners, if you haven't been up here, um, sometimes when you think of museum, you think of maybe a something hard to go to with the grandkids or the kids. This is a beautiful, hands-on museum with lots of educational programs, lots of exhibits that make it really easy for the kids to grasp. The Native American history room is just bigger than life. The kids, when we brought our grandkids in there, they were just awed. They can get it. They don't have to be able to read little plaques. They just see it. Well, that's that's the thing about museums is, uh, of course, there are things to read and, and explanatory materials, but... Uh, the key is to present it in a way with artifacts or other physical uh, feature, features that that uh, teach the story, that uh, allow the, uh, the the story, the history, the prehistory to just jump out at you, and you can say, "I got it." I got it. Even I can get it. Now, also sitting with this morning, us this morning is Jenny Peterson. She is the education program manager up here. Good morning. Morning. So, Miss Jenny. You are in charge of this big thing going on this weekend, right? This folk yes. festival is the 39th annual. Yep. But this is your first, right? Yes, it is. And you've only been here a couple months, so you, you've had quite a challenge. So tell us about the folk festival. What can people expect to see if they come up? It's today and tomorrow. Yeah, so it's today and tomorrow from 10 until 4, uh, both days. We have over 200 musicians and 90, more than 90 performances. On this four-acre campus. On the campus uh, with four different venues. So visitors and I are able to see any performances across any of the venues and the stages. We also have workshops that we're hosting throughout the day. Uh, and then we're also, this year, we're introducing um, more pieces that we're hoping to include more families, more youth, uh, more children. And so... Predominantly, that, that's being made up by some large-scale instruments that we've been able to make in-house. And then we also have some uh, craft instruments that we have uh, set up and ready to go for families. So if the kids come, they can mm -hmm. bang around and make some music of their own. Yep, they, absolutely. They can even make an instrument and take it home. Yep. Right? Tell me a little bit more about the workshops. Who are they for? Are they for the musicians or for the public? Or I mean, They're for everybody. Uh, a lot of the musicians, well, actually, I should say all of our musicians are hosting the workshops. We're, all our workshops are hosted by musicians. Excuse Got it. me. Got it. <laughs> um, 
but they range from in, uh, workshops on specific instruments to workshops on uh, playing and being a performer. Uh, they really run the gamut from workshops that can be for absolutely for beginners who are interested in just learning about the instruments to professionals and amateurs that already have experience with music are performers themselves. Um, really a little bit for everyone and every ability, really. In thinking about 200 performers, that's 200 separate folk groups? It's a mix of both groups and soloists. Okay. So this year we had, yeah, we had a lot of soloists apply. We had a lot of groups apply. I believe our biggest is 16 people. Um, and so that's going to be uh, a very full stage. <laughs> now, is this people from all over the country or mostly Southwest? Is there... Predominantly, it's Southwest. Okay. But it's pretty diverse in terms of where the Southwest, because the Southwest is a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, but we do have a lot of Arizona musicians from the Valley, from a few from Tucson, from Flagstaff. Um, but we also have some from New Mexico, California. I believe our farthest away, I would say, is Washington State. Okay. So pretty, uh, pretty far apart. <laughs> what draws the musicians for this event? I think it really ranges for a lot of the musicians. And in working on this festival for, the, for my first year, I've been learning that a lot of our musicians have real roots to uh, Prescott or to Arizona for sure, but also just to this museum and the festival itself. Uh, by being in our 39th year, we're really um, building on years of experience of musicians and all the people that have planned it and participated. So a lot of our musicians come back because it's a very intimate gathering and they see friends and... Chance to old. network, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And chance to learn yeah. from each other. Mm -hmm. That's great. Do you have, a f have you had time to figure out a favorite? Do you I, don't, I haven't had time quite yet. Um, I've heard a little bit of everything mm -hmm. right now, but I think this weekend what I'm looking forward to is actually uh, hearing a lot of these bands in person and then meeting a lot of them because a lot of this has been communicating by phone, by email. So putting names or faces to the names and taking that next step to like really get to know some of these musicians is exciting. Yeah, each year will probably be more fun for you for sure as you get to know them. Yeah, right? definitely. And I saw somewhere in the... In the um, paperwork that in the ads and things that you invite people to bring even if you're not one of these performance performers you can bring your own instrument and jam yeah and absolutely that's one of the things that from everything that i've learned about the history of the festival has really been integral to the festival is um the ability to jam in like part of seeing old friends and seeing old uh playing associates and taking advantage of the grounds and everything that we have and all the space that we have uh, and being able to just set up a jam session anywhere. And it's been very informal, very engaging for a lot of our musicians to just look forward to that too, in addition to playing in a venue. So, Well, why don't you give a little, uh, we have just about a half minute here, give a little um, invitation to the people of Arizona. Is it, is it closed? Is it still open? Do you pay at the door? Yeah. Uh, well, we are... Definitely not closing. <laughs> um, but you can, you're welcome to pay at the door. We do have uh, tickets available for today for one day, but also a two-day pass. For That is $15 for two days. Uh, a one-day pass is $10. Um, our members are 
8, and I believe we have a two-day pass for our members, too. Okay, and people can get their pass and come and go for the day, go get some lunch, come back? Children. Children? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. And then our children are free. Children are free. (laughs) So that's 17 and under. (laughs) Well, it's a great reason to come up to Prescott. You don't need much reason to come up, but it's a really great uh, reason to come. Stay tuned, everybody. We're going to come back and have some more conversation here at the Charlotte Hall Museum. I have a really special treat coming up for you. You're going to have some fun folk music to listen to and learn some more about folk music. Hang on. Good morning. Welcome back to Rosie on the House. Thanks for tuning in this morning. Again, welcome to KGVY, our our new listeners this morning. Rosie on the House is actually 29 years old, but uh, this 7 o'clock hour is new to KGVY. And this is our magazine hour. We talk about all things Arizona. And this morning, uh, I'm in Prescott at the Charlotte Hall Museum at the 39th Annual Folk Festival. Um, right here at the Charlotte Hall Museum. So we're, I have some fun people to introduce you to this morning. You've gotten to visit with Mr. Ken Vale, the Executive Director, and Jenny P- Peterson, the Education Program Manager. I wanted to give a special shout-out, though, to Ken Leia, the Media and Marketing Manager here. He is so welcoming, so kind, and he's lined all these wonderful people up for us to, to share with you this morning in hopes that you'll come up and just find a good reason to come up to Prescott. There's, you, you don't need to look far. This morning, I also have with us Mr. Terry Bennett. Barrett. Good morning. Barrett. Yeah. Oh, sorry about That's that. It's all right. Hey, Mr. Barrett, how are you this morning? <laughs> Fine, and you are you. you are a man of many talents. You have a position here at the museum. Yes, I'm the business manager. Okay. And then you're also a musician. Yes, I am. So I thought we could talk a little bit about the uh, festival today and some of the acts. I would love to. I would love to. <clears throat> we've got, Jenny was saying earlier, we've got two days uh, of with four stages. And any type of music that you like that's within what we call folk music, which is a very broad definition. You want to try to define that for, for us? I think what I'll do is the next segment I'll play some music okay. and I'll give you a little some uh, musical examples. But that goes all the way from straight folk, which early Bob Dylan, into blues, into bluegrass, singer-songwriter, somebody that's local that writes their own things. Okay. So we've got four stages. We have two outside, two inside, and some of the artists I'll talk a little bit about that I'd recommend if people are listening and want to come up, I'd recommend it highly. It's going to be a beautiful day up here, probably 75 to 80 degrees, bright, sunny, no wind. So You couldn't ask for a nicer ideal. day today. Right. Um, in our amphitheater, oh, 1 o'clock, we've got Robbie Robertson, which is a guy from the Valley that plays a wide, I call it Americana. He'll be playing mandolin. He's got a very good ensemble. Following him is the OK Corral. If anybody remembers the Sons of the Pioneers, uh, Eddie Arnold, old songs like yeah. Cool Water, oh, yeah. Ghost Riders in the Sky. They dress the, they look fan, they've got the great looks, I recommend them. They dress the part? They dress it, they sound great. Eric Ramsey is one of the top blues players, acoustic blues players in the uh, state. He's won uh, a couple of contests uh, the last two years in, in a row. He'll be doing a workshop, he and I, at 1 o'clock on fingerstyle and slide guitar. And then J.C. and Laney are two individuals from Tempe that I don't know why they aren't nationally famous. Their vocals are so good, their songwriting. So that's just a quick uh, I, example of what you're going to uh, hear. 
And all that's for the price of admission, the workshops and everything? Yes. I'd say you get... Not only that, the entire museum's open. Right. Including the uh, original governor's mansion from 1864 on the original site. We've got new permanent exhibits going back to the history of Arizona 13,000 years ago. The Fremont House. So not only do you have four stages of music, you've got the entire museum experience. We were here for the Christmas program last year, and just since then, Jenny, you were telling me you have a whole new dimension of the Native American um, exhibit. It, it was fantastic then. So even if you think you've been here, you know, oh, I've done the Chart Hall Museum, you haven't done all of it. Because tell, tell me a little bit more about that one portion that opened. So that portion that opened was... Uh, done over the last year, although parts of it obviously went plan planning for it went back further. Um, but that addition adds on to a lot of what uh, both Fred and uh, Terry mentioned as the prehistory of the area. Um, after the first Americans and the Clovis peoples, as we call them, uh, were part of this area, we that was where our exhibit ended before. However, we've now added on to a, an exhibit about the Hohokam which if you're down in the valley at all, that name is going to sound familiar to you since that was a group of peoples that were a little bit further south, but the influence was uh, argued to be felt up here. And then after that, we also have the exhibit explore parts of Prescott culture and then um, the hilltop sites as well. And so that really adds on and expands part of the history that we talk about that really highlights the significance and contributions of uh, native groups in Arizona. Can I tell you a little bit about these workshops? Yes, please. Uh, the nice thing about those is you have a performance that goes on, but the workshops we give give people a chance to go into much more detail on a specific subject. So, for example, I mentioned that we're going to be doing one on slide and finger style guitar. We'll go through the mechanisms, how the instrument evolved, the different styles. We've got uh, a songwriter's circle. That's where individual songwriters will sit in a circle, and each one will play a song that they wrote, talk about it. We're, we've got Arizona and cowboy songs. So it gives an artist time to sit and go through things rather than just have a quick performance. Okay, so we're getting ready for our hard bottom of the our news break. And we have so much more left to talk about. When we come back, Terry is going to actually brought four instruments for us. Yes, He's going to play and sing for us. You get a little taste of that folk music, and you can come on up and hear the rest. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Rosie on the house. Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back, all y'all. If Rosie was here, it'd be all y'all. So we are at the Chart Hall Museum in Prescott, enjoying this beautiful morning on the four-acre grounds and getting to meet some just wonderful people. We have Terry Barrett, who is going to kind of share with us this morning little snippets of the folk music world. So you've brought with you four instruments? Yes, I did. Um, I thought I'd give a few examples. You asked earlier what folk music was. It's funny because one of the first meetings we had a couple of years ago, we everybody sat down and they said to me, Terry, what's folk music? And I said, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> it, it, it encompasses everything. Uh, a lot of, of this, I go back to uh, New York City around 1960. They started holding, um, I believe it was Washington Square. I'm not from New York City, but that's my recollection. It was a uh, park. And people would come on Sunday afternoons and they'd hold what's called hootenannies. 
Everybody brings an instrument, you sit around, you just play songs, one another, and a lot. And that's where the whole thing took off. There was this folk music uh, and phenomenon. And that was in New York? Yeah, New York. Doesn't Hootenanny sound like a southern word? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, 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 caught, it took off from there, and there was a huge uh, outgrowing. And then uh, we talked about Bob Dylan. He came from Minnesota. He was a huge fan of a guy called Woody Guthrie, mm -hmm. who uh, a lot of people know of. Um, one of Woody's songs. I'm going down that road feeling bad, Lord, Lord. I'm going down that road feeling bad. I'm going down that road feeling bad, Lord, Lord. And I ain't going to be treated this way. They fed me on cornbread and beans, Lord, Lord. They fed me on cornbread and beans. They fed me on cornbread and beans, Lord, Lord. Don't want to be treated this way Going down that road feeling bad Lord, Lord, I'm going down that road feeling bad I'm going down that road feeling bad Lord, Lord, and I don't want to be treated this way So that's Woody, and he's known for a lot of Dust Bowl songs and so on. Dylan was a huge uh, fan of his, so we picked up and went to New York City, and there was a club, I think it was Gertie's Folk City, and he just sat in on open mics, took his guitar and his harmonica, and uh, became a folky, if you will. No, I'm, I've talked to friends that uh, were there at that period. They said nobody thought Dylan was going to be as big as he was. <laughs> they said, yeah, he's got some nice songs, but... Uh, I love those stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then... Um, he had a uh, manager who was smart enough to go out and market his songs to n a number of other artists uh, that, like the Birds and other groups that picked them up, became famous, and then, of course, Bob, you, you can't duplicate it. But this is one of his early songs, give you an idea. She's got everything she needs. She's an artist. She don't look back. She's got everything she needs, she's an artist, she don't look back. She'll take the dark out of the nighttime, she'll paint the daytime black. That's off of, uh, one, I think that's off of his first record, oh, She Belongs to Me. And I heard that first by uh, Rick Nelson doing it. <laughs> Wait, so I've heard some toe tapping kind of music. And yes. then some balladeering kind of music. So there is a wide scope. Yes, that's a wide scope. Then I'm going to move into the next step. And this is a song that uh, was popularized by a couple of artists. One was Doc Watson, who came from uh, the South, one of the top flat pickers. Any flat picking is, you know, we were picking out solo notes. <laughs> They're taking fiddle tunes and playing them on guitar. Doc Watson's associated with this, but the guy that really is known is a, a Mississippi John Hurt, who was a fingerstyle uh, guitarist. I play it, they each play it differently, and I play it my way. So this is called Make Me Up a Pallet on Your Floor. I said, make me up a pallet on your floor. Make me up a pallet on your floor. Make it soft, make it low, so my good girl, she don't know. Make me up a pallet on your floor. All worried blues are everywhere I see. 
Worried blues are everywhere I see Ah, blues all around me, everywhere I see Nobody got them blues like me Just make me up a pallet on your floor Make me up a pallet on your floor Make it soft, make it low So my good girl, she don't know Make me up a pallet on your floor So that's another style that comes from uh, originally Mississippi, a blues style. And then Doc turned it into a flat-picking tune. And this is, I don't know, a little, it's the way I do it. I don't know what style you'd call it, folky. Yeah. So there's, there's a good, trying to pigeonhole everything into folk is really difficult. Then there's another gentleman. Um, well, let me switch instruments. All right. Real quick. So that's just a real quick. acoustic that was guitar. Just acoustic guitar. And staying on that blues theme, what I've got here is a resonator guitar. And this guitar, it still looks like a regular guitar, but it sounds quite different. And that's because this was made by the originally the Dopiero brothers, and it's got three aluminum six-inch cones inside that give a uh, totally different. Now, here's a song that uh, by Mississippi Fred McDowell. And I'm going to use a slide. And originally a slide, it's called bottleneck. You hear bottleneck style. They would take an old wine bottle, cut the top off, put it on their finger, or they'd use a uh, pocket knife. And the idea here is by using this, you're mimicking the voice. It, it adds, it'll add a, um, a little more sustain to be completely different, so. Ready, you got to move. 
But you hear the uh, difference tonality between this instrument and that. Absolutely. Now, do, if, do, Terry, when people, this, I'm visiting here with Sorry. Terry Barrett. No, I just want everybody to know they're still listening to Rosie on the House. It's an unusual <laughs> segment, and we're just enjoying it so much. All our homeowners are home tapping their toe and just really enjoying the music. Um, and you're going to be up here today. And yeah, I'm playing. playing I'm too. doing a solo set at 3.30 today, and then tomorrow I've got a uh, partner. We're called Manzanita Road. Uh, partner plays guitar and uh, harmonica. So we'll be doing a, a wide set of that tomorrow, too. Oh, that's, that, that's at 2 o'clock. Well, we have time. You're going to show me a You have time for another? Th- yeah. How's your time? We're, we got we got time. Okay. So we, we have a couple time. more. Let's jump to uh, one more. Now let's get the fiddle out. The fiddle. Um, if anybody comes up to the museum, I want to go into the transportation building because we have an old Conestoga wagon. Oh, do you ever? And when you look at that and you see this is what people, if they were coming from Ohio, Illinois, Pennsylvania, they loaded in that. There's not a lot of room. Mm-hmm. You're not bringing pianos. You're not bringing anything other than the absolute essentials. So things that you could bring would be a fiddle. I mean, this doesn't take any size at all. So this, and these were always popular for dance music and, and so on. So I'm going to do a song by John Hartford. This is a song, riverboat song. Um, Back in the days when they had barges going up and down and they would have tow pass where they would uh, bring the barges, this song is about you take a barge down river, drop it off, and somebody would have to go down and get the barge, bring it back home. <laughs> and so it's hot in the summertime and it's rather boring, so you'd sing, make up a song that you could sit and sing to just get through the boredom of the day. So this was written by John Hartford, who wrote the uh, song Gentle on My Mind for uh, Glenn Campbell, who, all right, poor, poor Glenn just passed yeah. away. It was Glenn's uh, first big hit. But uh, John wrote this, so I always like to tell that story because it helps, so I'll try this. a day off with pay. Ah, don't be making up a tow barge on a long, hot summer day. Gonna pick up them empties soon as we know where they lay. With the jolly line on a long hot summer day. For every day you work on the Illinois River, get a half a day off with pay. Oh, don't be making up a tumble board on a long hot summer. Tonight had pork for supper, tonight be chicken consomme, and a great big fruit jar of iced tea on a long hot summer day. For every day you work on the Illinois River, get a half a day off with pay. Oh, don't be making up a toe bar on a long hot summer day. 
got me a gal from Pekin. She's a mighty fine gal, okay. She's probably sitting by her window fan on a long, hot summer day. For every day you work on the Illinois River, get a half a day off with Here at the Folk Music Festival at the Charlotte Hall Museum. Stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit more about Prescott in general with Miss Ann Stewart. It's going to come in, and we're going to talk about staycation, all the reasons you should come to Prescott. Thank you, Mr. Terry Barrett, for your journey through folk music. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. That was a hoot. I, can, I think I'll probably stay here all day. There's the stuff to hear from 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock today and tomorrow at the Charlotte Hall Museum. And, um, yeah, it's just wonderful. It's really ramping up. People are starting to show up and set up. Uh, I'm here with this segment with Ann Stewart. And Ann is the Tourism Marketing Coordinator of the City of Prescott. Good morning, Ann. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming out early. And you are a Prescott native. I am, yes. So you grew up here. Grew up here. Went to school all through high school. All through high school. Then went to Texas. I went to Texas for college, yeah. Where? What college? I went to Baylor. Yes, well, Baylor University. Go Bears. Yeah. So you're back. <laughs> I'm back. And you've got yes. your dream job. I do. I'm just so honored to represent my town in this way. You yeah. know, we live in a very special place, and I get to show visitors what Prescott and their surrounding area is all about. Well, in case we have homeowners and mm-hmm. um, Arizona residents who haven't heard of Prescott, what, what's your favorite thing about Prescott? What's, why should people come up here? Oh, absolutely. Well, they should come for here for all the same reasons we all live here and love our town, and it's the history, the heritage. The outdoor recreation, you know, we have over 450 miles of trails in Prescott and the surrounding area. Hiking trails? or Hiking trails. Uh-huh. Most of them are, you know, maintained. Um, some of the Prescott City trails and some of the forest trails are even paved. And so they allow for strollers and wheelchairs. wheelchairs um, and they all go from, you know, easy up all the way up to, to difficult. So... There's lots of different types of trails. For and you have four seasons. From. We do. We have four wonderful mild seasons, which allows people to come any time of the year. So there isn't a time they shouldn't come. And I think you guys must have some kind of record for the most festivals that the city we, holds. We do. Right? And, you know, that's another reason why people come here is that Prescott has so many local events. The Folk Fest, Music Festival being one of them. Mm-hmm. And visitors come for all of those. What was it? Two weekends ago, we had Oktoberfest. We had the Pow Wow. We had the Corvette Show. This weekend alone, we have the Folk Music Festival, the Air Show. What's and the craft show? Fall, fall Fest in the park. Okay. Yeah. So no matter what they do, definitely be coming to the, you know, stopping by the Folk Musical Festival today. Absolutely. So, and it's, it's really reasonable. 15 bucks, I think, to get in the, for I a day pass or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, 10, I think. Yeah. They can go to charlotte.org to mm-hmm. find all the information yes. if they're, if they're wanting to know. Um, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, how, how many visitors do y'all have a year? Well, you know, on average, and this number is from a walking number, and this is to the visitor center. So this does not include people that are calling the visitor center, people that are just getting their information from their hotels. Um, our hotels are a visitor center in themselves. They really provide enough information to visitors. But to the official visitor center, which is at the chamber, 
there's about 2,000 plus monthly, and that's like from about spring till about now, and it's reached as high as even 24, 2,500 in some months. So again, that's just the walk-ins. That's not the phone calls or people that don't don't go in there. How many people do you expect at a festival like today? That is a good question for Charlotte yeah. Hall. I, okay. I, I bet like over hundreds. I'm sure yeah. it's hundreds. Yeah. Yes, yes. We always do the tree lighting. Um, we do our broadcast during yes. the weekend. Yes. And that is jamming. But it, it is, is so worth it. They got the, all the lights in the square. They have um, the Charlotte Hall Museum actually has does a wonderful they kind do. of heritage. They do Victorian. Frontier Christmas. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And if, if anybody's never been able to come do that, I recommend doing it this year. It's, it's a really great time. And you know what I like about all those things is just one thing to visit a town, but this kind of makes you feel embraced. Like you feel like you're welcome. Good. You feel like you're a part of whatever's going on. And that is just, that's just worth a million bucks. So, so actually I was mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. report Charlotte Hall. They have 1500 to 2000 people that actually come through the folks. Wow. Festival. Wow. So it's, that's, that's wonderful. It is wonderful. Yeah. I want to tell you mm-hmm. at Rosie on the house, we give away a staycation every month and we, um, the, our winner, they go to info at rosieonthehouse.com or tra- they go to our website and go to the travel AZ okay. section and they sign up and they, each month we start over with a new list of people. So every month people get a fresh chance to try. And whoever we pick gets to go to Sanderson Ford and pick a, a um, car off the lot. They, we set them up in a hotel wherever they want to go across the state and then they get to spend two days. And a lot of times they call us and say, oh, what do we do when we get there? Well, I think it, you know, we have a couple coming up actually to Prescott. Wonderful. And they're staying at the Marriott Spring Hill Suites. Great. Which I stayed last night, and we always stay when we come. It's a couple blocks off the, the courtyard. Get a good night's sleep. It's just like being at home. you got a little kitchen area and a little sitting area and a bedroom. And it's quiet. I mean, I saw when I checked in, I was a little nervous. There was two families with lots of kids, oh, and they yes. were very antsy. Oh. And they came up on my floor, but I did not hear them one time last night. It's just a great place to That's get a good wonderful. night's sleep. And that location is fabulous, so close to walking distance. You can do a lot of things you know, downtown and in the surrounding area. Well, you know, I walked to dinner. I ate at the bistro on the corner. It was delicious. Oh, yes. The shopping here is fantastic. Yes. I always do my Christmas shopping up here because it's a little different. Nobody mm-hmm. in Phoenix is going to have what I found up here. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you could come up, you easily make a weekend. Easily oh, make absolutely. A weekend. And that's another reason why people come to shopping, the mm-hmm. art, art, art galleries, you know, catching a show at one of our theaters. Or they have, to the let's museums. play right now, Fiddler on the Roof. I, yes. I actually saw it Thursday night. It was oh. Fantastic. Yeah? Yes. Oh, yes. I wanted to go last night. We have night. a great, great local theater. Yeah, so yeah. your cultural, your... Yeah, history, heritage, culture, arts, outdoor recreation, our local events. Of course, we're Arizona's Christmas city. We have the world's oldest rodeo, so there's a lot of reasons. There are a lot yeah. of reasons. Thank you so much for having us this yeah. morning. Yeah. Stay tuned for, for our eight, our outdoor living hour. We're actually going to talk about the grounds here at the Charlotte Hall Museum. Hang on.